Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. But uh, how's everybody doing? First of all, everybody doing good? You excited to be here this morning? All right, fantastic. Maybe you are. Maybe you're not. We'll see. We'll see if you guys can come alive here in just a minute. The jury is still out, but. You know, this, this isn't the Lion King that we're about to watch, not at all. How many of you have ever seen this movie? Anybody seen the movie Lion that's out? Some of you have seen it. Some of you are going to go home and watch it. It's on Netflix. Uh, till a few months ago, I, I hadn't even heard of it. Um, but now that I've kind of quit watching TV, um, not altogether just like, you know, broadcast TV. All I watch is Netflix now. I don't know if how many of you are like that. Anybody else like that? Pretty much like giving up on actually turning on the TV for any reason other than to, you know, stream something else. Anyway, um, this is one of those films that's on there. It's called Lion. Lion premiered in the Toronto International Film Festival in 2016. It opened in Australia and the United Kingdom in 2017. This film had over 74 movie nominations, including six Academy Award and four Golden Globe nominations. It's a pretty, uh, pretty um, high-ranking movie as far as in the, 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 the film community. But just to clarify for you, this isn't Lion King, and it's not a fairy tale, nor is it fictional. It's based on the true story of a boy by the name of Saru. You know, the standard fairy tale for all of us, uh, as you probably have seen many of them, is, includes this damsel in distress that is rescued by the prince on a stallion. And they ride off into the sunset, sunset and they live happily ever after. How many of you like those kind of movies? How many of you like that kind of like, you know, saving the person and the good guy wins and, and uh, they all live hep- happily ever after? That is so cliché. And it's definitely not a picture of my life. I still love them. Don't get me wrong. I still love them. But it is not the picture of my life. I mean, in fact, I don't even like horses, right? I don't, I, that's not my thing. Um, and I'm usually not the one that's, you know, the prince charming. I'm actually usually the damsel in distress. I'm the guy. And somehow my princess charming, my wife, is always pursuing me. And we have lived happily ever after, right? Okay, never mind. Man, you guys are really, really uptight today. What is going on? I don't know what happened this morning, but we may need to pray again here in just a second. Anyway, but the, the movie Lion is a picture of our broken world. It's a picture of the world that you and I live in. It's in the one that we always have to ask ourselves. It's, it's this world that we have to ask ourselves, why does bad things happen to good people? And, and as I've watched this film and as I've prepared for this message this morning, um, I've thought a lot about who Saru was because Saru is actually born right around the same time as me. He was about 39 years old currently. And so when this events happened to him, he was the same age that I was. And so it made it even more impactful to me because as he's living his life in India, I'm here just a few miles away from where we're at right now, playing on the sidewalk with my neighbor, watching Inspector Gadget and eating popsicles until my mouth turns purple. And I'm thinking to myself, why in the world do bad things happen sometimes to good people? Let's watch this next clip. So he gets on this train, as you can see, in India, the main form of transportation for billions of people that call this place home. 
while looking for his brother, he falls asleep and he gets seriously separated from his big brother, Godu. And in just a moment of slumber, in just a moment of sleep, everything changes for Saru. He's locked on a train for 1,500 kilometers. I mean, just even just grasp that. A six-year-old little boy on a train by himself for 1,500 kilometers, 1,000-plus miles. And when it finally stops at his destination, Saru is lost in a broken world. The world was already broken, but now he's lost in the middle of it. He's six years old, and he's in this foreign place known as Calcutta, and he doesn't know anyone, and no one knows him. He thinks he's from Ganastale, but he's mispronouncing it to the point where people don't even know what he's talking about. And the only thing that he knows, the only person that he knows, and the only name of an adult that he knows is mum. But you know, there's billions of mums in the world. You remember getting separated as a kid? Anybody have that terrifying moment in your life where you got separated as a kid in the grocery from your mom for a minute and you began freaking out? Or am I the only one? I remember going to customer service and they doing the intercom thing and, and saying, would Sharon Pound please come to customer service? And my mom was probably just like, yeah, I'll come get him later after I'm done shopping. But it's one of those things where like, it's got to be a terrifying moment. Especially in those circumstances and in that situation, Saru is lost in a broken world. No one knows who he is and no one knows his name. He doesn't even speak their language. But the good news is, is lost people can be found. Let's watch this next clip. So here's little six-year-old Saru. In the middle of nowhere, surrounded by millions of people, and yet somebody heard about him and they wanted him. It was not because of who he was or because they wanted something in return. They adopted Saru to bring him out of the darkness of his reality and bring him into the light of a brand new family. See, you haven't gone too far. No matter where you've gone, no matter how lost you feel in this broken world, the Father's love can find you. In Luke chapter 19, verse 10, it says, the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. So let God find you and bring you into this family. I want you to check out this next clip. I'm sorry you couldn't have your own kids. What are you saying? Man, we weren't blank pages, were we? Like your own would have been. We weren't just adopting us, but our past as well. I feel like we're killing you. I could have had kids. What? We chose not to have kids. We wanted the two of you. That's what we wanted. We wanted the two of you in our lives. That's what we chose. One of the reasons I fell in love with you, Dad. Because we both felt that the world has enough people in it. If we have a child, then we're guaranteed we're going to make anything better. But today. 
take a job at suffering like you boys were. Give you a chance in the world. That's something. So obviously this is a fast forward and uh, we don't watch an entire two hour movie in 25 or 35 minutes, but and actually it's out of order from the original movie, but for the sake of the message, I wanted to jump ahead quite a bit. Jumping ahead 20 years, Saru is talking to his mom, Nicole Kidman, and he's like, I'm sorry for the lives that we've lived, him and his adopted brother. We weren't easy to raise. We weren't blank pages. And when you got us, you got all of this baggage that came with us. And I'm sorry that you couldn't have kids of your own. It's when his mom said, what are you talking about? We could have had kids of our own. We could have chosen another life, but we chose you. We wanted you. Can I remind you that God knows you, that God knows everything about you, and yet he chose you. Even as we sang that song earlier this morning, how much he loves us and how he chooses us, how he desires to have us. He chose to do what he did by sending his one and only son, Jesus, for you. And that's how much Jesus loves you. Let's watch this next clip. not that one. You don't have the, the one before it? I guess you don't have it. Okay, you guys are going to have to wait on that. You, there's a clip that's missing. It's the Google Earth clip, clip number five. Um, if, if you have it, give me a nod. If you don't, then we're going to skip it, gentlemen. So here's what happens. Let me tell you what happens. So he's away at college. And he has, Saru has one of these smell memories. He's like one of those sight memories. And remember how he was telling his brother Garu about the, the jelly bees. He's there in this apartment with some friends. They're hanging out. And he looks to the kitchen. And there in the, in the corner is some jelly bees. And he realizes that he's from somewhere else. And he goes on this quest to find his mom, to find his big brother, his little sister, and the community of people that he had left behind 20 plus years ago. And he spends the next several months and even years trying to trace back where and how he got to where he was because there was no, there was no record of him going from or to where he was. And the place that he imagined or he dreamed, Ganastale, wasn't a place. And, and his family, he didn't know their name and he had no information, but he knew that he did have a family somewhere else in the world. And so he went looking for them. Here's the point that I want you to get. Here's the point that I want you to take away from that, even as you maybe will watch this later on uh, another day. The point is, is that you were created for something bigger than you. God made you for something even beyond what you're doing right here and right now. And maybe God wants to do something through you. And that's the reason why you've gone through everything you've gone through. That's the reason why you've experienced the things that you've experienced. So that when you look back and all of a sudden you come to your senses and you see something and God calls you to that, you can say, this is why I'm here. This is what it was all about. This is what I was made to do. 
Let's watch this final clip. This is the clip that you have. movie even in six minutes you get the idea of what's happening in this story what's happening with this woman and her son this young boy that has gone through so much there's a story that's kind of parallels it in some ways in John chapter 4 and it starts based on a conflict that John's disciples are having with the disciples. And in John chapter 4, verse 3, um, it, even the, the verses right before that, the disciples were kind of having this disagreement about who was baptizing more, John's disciples or Jesus' disciples. And it was kind of this, this, I don't know, whatever weird circumstance they were having, this conflict. And when the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and he went back once more to Galilee. But it, then it says, verse 3, John, uh, I mean, verse 4, it says, Now he had to go through Samaria. And he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. And it's the sixth hour of the heat of the day. Jesus is tired and he's thirsty. I'm summarizing a little bit there. But it, he, he's thirsty from the journey and he goes and he sits by the well. And this Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus says to her, will you give me a drink? We don't even know her name. Jews wouldn't speak to her. Probably even the Samaritans in her village wouldn't speak to her. She was lonely. She was isolated. In fact, that's why she was there at the time of the day that she was, because she wanted to be alone. She wanted to be uh, away from those people that may have looked at her uh, with judgmental eyes. But she was longing for something, and she didn't even know what it was. She was lost in a broken world, and life was not as it should be for the Samaritan woman. 
she was blind not literally obviously but blinded by the world and the unfulfilled promises from men that always let her down but she all of a sudden has a date with destiny and his name is Jesus amen she had a date with destiny and his name was Jesus you see the Old Testament had this this uh, description of, of things that were clean and unclean and if you get a spot on your arm or a discoloration or a hair begins to grow out of a mole it's unclean and you have to take drastic measures to get it cleaned up and then you have to go show yourself to the priest and do all kinds of drastic things well guess what to the Jewish people the Samaritans the entire people group that entire nationality they were unclean to the Jewish people they were like just stay away from me you're no good there was a ton of prejudice that happened in that day, in that age, in that society. You see, the Samaritans were a, a Jewish people, but when the Assyrians captured the northern kingdom of Israel, some were taken captive and others were left behind. And the ones that were left behind intermarried with the Assyrians. And since they were neither fully Gentile nor Jewish, they were discriminated against. Maybe you can feel that. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you've experienced some of that. Many Jews hated the Samaritans so much so that when they needed to go from Judea to Galilee, they would go the long way around just to not step into Samaria. And on top of all of this, this woman was isolated even from her own people. She was living a life that was not socially acceptable and she had been married five times in her short adult life. The text doesn't say how old she is, but in the matter of this relatively short amount of time, she had had five husbands, and the man that she was with right now wasn't even her husband. She was living out of wedlock with him. She was a lost and a broken, a lost woman in a broken world. And life was not as it should be. But I love John chapter 4, verse 4. And it's been resonating with me all morning long, even as I'm preparing for this message this morning. But John verse 4, verse 4, all it says is, but Jesus had to go through Samaria. But Jesus had to go through Samaria. Why did he have to go through Samaria? Why didn't he do what everybody else did? Why didn't he just take the long way around? Why did he have to stop at that well when the disciples went to get lunch? Why did he have appointments, an appointment with this woman? Because he knew this woman he saw her he knew her struggle he knew her loss he knew her brokenness and he went to where she was to talk about water really water not really not just water not any kind of water he talked to her about the living water the kind of water that makes you to never thirst Again, the kind of water that will become in a person a spring welling up to eternal life. And this woman was ready to leave her brokenness and come to a place where she could be adopted into the family of God and experience living water that would cause her to never thirst again. She said, sir, please give me this water. She accepted and received it. But that's not where the story ends. And that's not where it ends with us today. It says in verse 29, Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the, man, to the people, Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. You see, when Jesus calls you into something new, 
he oftentimes calls you out of something old. Let me say that one more time. When Jesus calls you into something new, he oftentimes calls you out of something old. You see, this woman, she was called out of the old life and the old lifestyle. She left her water jars. She left what represented her, her uh, just the, the past that she had. And she said, I need to experience something new. And not only did she leave those behind, she left her concerns, her past, her relationships. But not only did she do that, she was so impacted that she couldn't help but go tell everyone in her village, come see the man who told me everything I ever did. Come and experience this Jesus. You see, this transformation, it brought her salvation. It brought her joy. It brought her an abundant life, the living water. But it also removed the sin and the short-sightedness, the fear and the unhealthy habits and the relationships that were causing her to be lost in this broken world. That's what Jesus wants to do for you today. These moments are divinely designed to demonstrate that no matter what you're looking for, no matter what you're facing, you will only find these things in Jesus. So she experiences the real truth of Jesus. She can't contain herself. She goes to the village and she shares what she has found and she doesn't even know what that means. She just says, he told me everything I ever did. And this one conversation, this one experience at the well, this one connection led to the transformation of an entire city. Many, many more believed in Jesus because of this one conversation, because of this one experience. Man, this morning, I want us to take that away from uh, the story of Saru and the story of the woman at the well. I want you to experience this not just by putting, uh, thinking about it for them, but thinking about it for you in your life. That maybe that there's something in your life that you've gone through, something in your life that you've experienced, and you're looking back at it and you're saying, God, why did I have to go through all of those things? Why did I have to experience all of those things? Why did I struggle the way that I did? But yet God delivers us. In some way, maybe it doesn't seem like the best way, but God knows ultimately what is best for us. And in that way, for Saru, he was able to go back to his family. He was able to bring back, uh, health and, and prosperity to his, his uh, loved ones there in his village, his native village. But even greater so for the Samaritan, the analogy is so much greater than physical or material possession or prosperity that she brought in eternal prosperity she brought a, a spiritual wealth to all those people that were around her this woman that felt like she had nothing to offer that she had only ever been used by everyone that she encountered all of a sudden she was given a new opportunity a new lease on life and with that she took it to tell others about it Man, what does God want to do with you? What does God want to do with your past? What are the things that, that you have that you would say, man, these are, the, these are the bad marks of my life that God could be saying, I want to use those to do something transformational, not just in you, but in everyone around you, in your world, in your community. You know, I, I say this uh, oftentimes to people as a pastor, uh, you know, I have some influence, but my influence isn't as great as your influence. 
Because people, when they see me, they, they, they think, oh, you have to do that. You're the paid guy. You're the, you have to say that. You have to live like that. You, you're, you're, that's what you do. But when somebody sees a person that, that has crossed over from death to life, that has a, a, a strong testimony of transformation, or, or even, a, you know, maybe it's not like this, like, uh, wild or radical transformation, but just a, a, a lifestyle, a testimony of faithfulness for years and years and years. And when you begin to influence other people, people listen even more so than they listen to me. So when you tell your coworker, when you tell your neighbor, when you tell your child, when you tell that person in the store, this is what Jesus did. Come and see what Jesus has done for me. Man, there is transformation in that. We don't have to stay lost. We don't have to stay stuck in a broken world. Yes, we live in a broken world, whether it's the United States or Calcutta. It's a broken world that we live in, but we don't have to stay stuck. The Father is reaching out to us. He offers us this living water so that you will never thirst again. But that's not the end of the message. The message continues that you've got to go and you've got to tell somebody the good news, the message of what Jesus has done for you. This morning, we're going to sing a closing song. And um, if you want to come and pray for any reason at all, uh, you can come. Our prayer team ministry uh, will be on both sides of these speakers up here. Um, and then I'll just give a, uh, an invitation and pray with you at the end of the, the service. But man, wherever you're at in life, whatever you're feeling today, whatever you're struggling with, man, just bring those things to Jesus. Surrender those things to Jesus. Maybe you feel like that woman at the well. Maybe you feel like Saru in a world where nobody knows your name and you don't even speak their language. Let me tell you something. Jesus knows you and he cares about you and he's sending somebody for you. Stand with me, would you? We're going to pray and then I'm gonna, we're going we're gonna to lead in singing. God in heaven, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for uh, the good things that you're doing and our lives. God, even when sometimes it doesn't seem good, when it seems like things are just dark and, and broken and nothing is going right for us. God, I ask that you would just touch each and every person in this place within the sound of my voice. God, wherever they're at, wherever they're feeling today, I pray that somehow in some way that you'd lift them up, that you would be an encouragement, that they would feel your encouragement, feel your arms of love wrapping around them, God. Whatever they're facing, God, do something in hearts and in lives. This morning we pray. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing together.
Now he had to go through Samaria. And he has to go through Renew Church. He's here meeting with somebody. He wants to meet with somebody this morning to allow you to experience something that you've never experienced before because what you've been doing is similar to what this woman has done over and over and over, which is come to a place to get filled up with something that just dries you out over and over and over again. But you have a date with destiny, and his name is Jesus. Amen? You have a date with destiny, and his name is Jesus. Jesus says, will you give me a drink? the woman said how can you ask me for a drink and he said if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink you would have asked him and he would have given you living water verse 13 Jesus answered when she asks him about the water Jesus says everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again but whoever drinks the water that I give him will never thirst indeed the water that I give him will become in him a spring of water willing, welling up to eternal life. The woman said, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and I have to keep coming back here to draw water. This morning, maybe somebody this morning is, has been just coming over and over and over again longing after something and it just never satisfies and Jesus is saying I need you to stop trying to experience and stop trying to to experiment with different types of things that do not satisfy old-time preachers used to talk about this God-shaped hole in your heart and that God-shaped hole the only thing that fits it is God when you try to put anything else in there, when you try to fill it with drugs or alcohol or women or pornography or, or work or, or, or money or anything else, you just fill it and fill it and fill it and it empties and empties and empties. The only thing that will satisfy, the only thing that when you put it in, it will not empty is your heavenly father drinking of his eternal life that living water allowing God to fill that God-shaped hole Jesus offers that Jesus gave that freely to you and you though have to accept it you have to stop going back to the wrong well you have to stop going back to the things that don't satisfy and you have to say Jesus I want your living water in my life I want to experience you to the fullest today in my life if that's you this morning and you would say pastor and it may be that you're a Christian I'm not saying that this is just for people that are are uh, not believers but maybe for for you you are a Christian or you've declared Jesus as your Lord and Savior but you still kind of come up empty and more often than not you just feel like you just come up empty and you can't figure it out can I tell you man Jesus wants to meet with you right where you're at he wants to help you he wants to fill you and give you the living water that will satisfy that will cause you to never 
thirst again this morning. If you want to experience that, if you want to pray and ask God to give you that living water, can I just pray with you? If that's you this morning, would you just lift your hand? I'm not going to bring you to the front, but if that's you and you want to experience that living water, would you just lift your hand right now, right where you're at? Praise God for you. Praise God for you guys. Praise God for you. I see your hands. Praise God for you. It's a water that, that, that will cause you to not have to keep going back empty and dry. Maybe this morning, though, there's somebody that would say, Pastor, I'm not even a Christian. I don't even know this whole Jesus thing. And today may be the day of salvation for you. If that is the case, I don't ever want to miss that opportunity to give somebody that opportunity to just declare Jesus as Lord. It's the best decision you'll ever make. So we quoted earlier, God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, that means anybody, he did it for all of us, that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Today, you can make that decision to believe in him, to put your faith in him, and to declare him as your Lord and Savior. Asking him to come into your life, to forgive you of your sins, no matter what you've done, no matter how far away you've gone, he can forgive. There's nothing too big for God to forgive. He can forgive you. He can cleanse you. And he can make you brand new today. That's what renew is all about. Becoming a new creation in Christ. If today you're that person that I'm speaking to, if today you need to make that declaration that Jesus is Lord of my life, that I'm declaring him as my Lord and Savior, would you just lift your hand right now, right where you're at? Would you just lift your hand? Praise God for you. Praise God for you. Praise God for you. Anyone else? Okay, let's pray together. Praise God. Heavenly Father, we thank you here and now for each and every person that have uh, walked through these doors, God, to come and drink of the living water, to experience what, God, only you can give that satisfies, God, that, that fills the God-shaped hole in our heart, God. Nothing else seems to do it. Everything else keeps us coming back for more but God we want to experience your living water we want to experience the peace the hope the encouragement God we want to experience the the grace and the favor and your unconditional love we need that but God we keep on trying to fill it with other things and here and now today we're asking and we're declaring God that you are our living water and we ask that you would give us a drink from your fountain God, that you would help us, that you would fill us to the overflowing, God, so that even as we overflow, we can then begin to go and tell others, he told me everything I ever did, so that as we flow, other people can experience the goodness, and they can be changed, they can be transformed, just as it happened in the story that we read today. God, we thank you for that, and for those that made a decision the end of this call God for those that are saying I declare Jesus as Lord it's a simple prayer of faith that goes like this and you can repeat it in your heart as I pray it out loud Heavenly Father I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die for me I pray that you would forgive me of my sins I pray that you would come into my life and make me brand new I know that I'm a sinner and that I've made mistakes but I also know that you died for me and because you died for me I choose today to live for you God, we thank you for what you're doing in my heart and in my life. And I trust you with every 
every aspect of my life. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. Let's give some people a round of applause this morning. Amen. People added to the kingdom this morning. People declaring Jesus is Lord. If you made a decision on your way out, man, we would encourage you to check the box on your connection cards saying, I'd like to follow Jesus or that I've decided to follow Jesus. We'd also, we have um, uh, New Believers Bibles that we can get you out at the welcome table. Make sure that you see uh, one of us. In fact, Mikey, if you'll be out there, I think there's one on the table and we've got some more back here in the hospitality area. But we want to make sure that we help you. Starting point is a great next step for you. If you've not heard our mission and our vision, you should come. You should join me have lunch. Lunch is on us. Lunch is on Renew. We're having some pizza together and we would invite you to join us for that. And uh, man, just believing God is going to do great things ahead. Mikey, would you come up? Isn't it always awesome to be in the presence of God? (laughs) Always awesome. Thank you, Pastor Trevor, for delivering a powerful word, man. We appreciate you and we love you. It's good to have you back up here preaching. It really is. Man, and this is the part of our service where we worship God through the giving of tithes and offerings. So if you have a connection card, if you have an offering, remember that you can drop that off on your way out. That We have some ushers with buckets and and boxes. So let's pray. God, we thank you, Lord, for what you've done this morning, God. We pray that you just continue to impact our lives, Father, to just reveal your will to us, Lord, and in the awesome ways that you do, God. I pray for the the offering today, Father. I pray that you bless it, Lord, that your hand be on it, Father, that you bless these families, Lord, that you continue to bless and use this ministry, Father, to impact people for your kingdom, Lord. We thank you, Lord. It's all for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all so much. Have a great week. Never gonna let